0: Timmy and Rupert both make $5,000 per month at their average salary jobs. Rupert gets to retire as a millionaire. Timmy, on the other hand, struggles and lives paycheck to paycheck. He's barely even able to retire by the time he's 70. Sorry, Timmy. But what's the difference between them? Why is it that one person can be wealthy and have financial success, financial freedom? Meanwhile, the other one is desperate for money, struggling, even though they're making the same amount? Well, stick around to the end of this, and you'll know exactly what the difference is, as well as how you can start to behave like a future millionaire. First of all, we need to understand the principle of thinking in second and third order consequences. You see, the problem is that normal people typically only act in favor of what feels good right now, meaning they'll do what feels comfortable and also avoid doing what feels uncomfortable so that they can get temporary and short term pleasure and try to avoid upfront pain and difficulty and hardship as much as humanly possible. Millionaires and people who achieve a great level of financial success in general act for the future. They do what works in the long run and that means that they're willing to be uncomfortable or do things that are hard now so that they can have an easier life later. This means that we're sacrificing short-term pleasure in exchange for delayed Gratification. Now, there are some ways that you can easily implement and make this practical in your life right now, in the financial area of your life as well. And one of them is to invest 25% of everything that you make, or let's say even at least 10% or 5% if you can't muster it, into an index fund. This means that you're self-imposing a tax. You're taxing yourself for your future self to be wealthy. So we see it as a wealth tax on ourselves that ensures that we're going to be financially free in the long run. What would make this easier as well and even more practical is if you can cut down on your expenses and live even more below your means. Yeah, this is downgrading and it's uncomfortable. It's something that most people don't want to do. Maybe you don't want to sell your expensive stuff or live in a place that isn't as luxurious. But the upside of that exchange in the long run is usually quite significant. Unless you're going to make and earn a lot more money than cutting a little bit of expenses is a really great way to go. Another thing that you can start doing is polishing and improving your skills so that you will be worth more in the marketplace. And that's what I was just talking about when I said that you could go the route of earning more instead. You could do both and if you combine both, living below your means and also improving your skill set, so that you're worth more in the marketplace so you get paid more for the work you do, it makes it way easier. Now, of course, if you run a business, improving your team roster, having excellent people, who are helping you grow, getting good consulting and coaching so you know what you're doing and you're actually executing with a good strategy, and also doing self-improvement so that you're a better leader, all of that will pay off massively. Self-imposing a tax so that you have less money to spend every month. Cutting down and sacrificing and downgrading what you own. And also, spending a ton of time and also investing money into your skill set it's not really that gratifying up front and it probably doesn't seem like fun if you're thinking short term. All of those things you probably have some level of resistance towards and you don't wanna spend your time and you don't wanna save your money and you don't wanna do these difficult things if you're thinking about short term pleasure, short term gratification. But if you switch your brain to start thinking about what's going to happen in the overall time that you're alive then the way that you treat this is completely different imagine you ate a tub of ice cream that had 500 calories in it every evening for 30 days straight the first order consequences it tastes delicious. Yum, 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 right? You're having a great time right then and there. Second order consequences include things like a sugar rush, maybe struggling to sleep, maybe even a light headache sets in and inevitably you hit that sugar crash. The third order consequences, the actual long-term picture of how this plays out, well, you probably get addicted to sugar, gain a bunch of weight, you have less energy, and you really don't feel inspired to work as hard and do as much. On the other hand, if we contrast this with a habit like doing cardio every morning, let's say we did that for 30 days as well. Can you figure out what the first, second, and third order consequences would be? What would be, you know, the painful reality in that first order consequence? What would be the slight benefit in the second order consequence? Maybe you'd also feel sore, so some downsides there. And then in the third order consequence, of course, you're gaining energy. You are Probably becoming healthier, your heart is healthier, you're taking care of yourself, you're feeling more confident in yourself. See, now you're training your brain to start looking at the big picture, to actually visualize and see what the action you're taking now is giving you in return, both up front but also over the long haul. We push instant gratification to the side and we really start to concentrate on what is worthwhile focusing on. Now, it doesn't mean that you never buy yourself a new pair of shoes when you need them. It's just that you're focusing on building long-term wealth and success in that area. And it goes for every area of your life, of course, but particularly with wealth and creating financial freedom in the long run, you have to really start to think about the next 10, 20, and 30 years. And yes, it's tempting to be focused on how you can get rich quick and how you can get the money right now. But in the meanwhile, while, while you're doing all that There are so many people getting wealthy and rich and actually tangibly doing it, not having some pipe dream, retiring as millionaires. And we're gonna look at exactly how you can do that and how it's very realistic for you in just a moment here. But before we get into that, I just wanna mention that if you wanna have me personally guide you, coach you, and for you to also be surrounded with other like-minded individuals who are all growing both in their professional life and their personal life in every area in their relationships, then you should head over to There you'll be able to sign up for a free one-on-one consultation and we'll see how I can help you take your life to the next level. Albert Einstein once said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it and he who doesn't pays it. Let me show you how that actually plays out in a practical sense. If you invest $1,000 per month for 25 years in the stock market and earn an annual return of 10%, for example, you'd have more than $1 million. Add just another five years to a total of 30 and you've reached nearly $2 million. So if you really let that sink in and process it for a second, what you'll realize is that you're missing out on millions of dollars by not acting on the long-term strategies that have proven to work over and over again. For me, I read the book Unshakable by Tony Robbins and I loved it and it talked about index funds and how easy it is to invest in them and how any normal person can actually retire as a millionaire and I followed the strategy and I have passive income coming in from my investments consistently. I continue to grow my portfolio. It's a beautiful thing where you don't have to rely on a job or your business to produce income that you can actually have financial freedom because your investments float your lifestyle and allow you to live the life that you want without having to work. Think about it with those numbers that we ran earlier. If you just save 12K a year and put it into an investment that gives back 10%, like an index fund tends to average, then over the course of 30 years, you'd have over $2 million. On the other hand, if you just saved the money and didn't invest it, you'd end up with around 360K. So which would you rather have? $2 million in 30 years from now, or $360,000 30 years from now? I think the answer should be really obvious. But still, why don't we take action? Well, it's the internal problem. It's the mindset that crushes us because we don't think that's real. We don't even think that we're gonna live in 30 years a lot of the time. We just don't see our lifespan that long in our head. We don't visualize it, but you need to visualize it because 30 years from now, 30 years have passed anyway. And even if you just stayed with it for 10 years, or like we talked about 25 years, or anything less than that, it doesn't matter because you'd still be making money and you'd still be reaping the rewards. It's costing you money to not think about your financial future, to not make decisions like this and to not get educated. It's costing you money every single day and it's costing your future you. So please have your future you Thank your past you, be grateful for the fact that you went through it, figured it out, started investing and started building up that long-term wealth. If you enjoyed this, drop me a like for the sake of the algorithm. And if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, go to YouTube, type in Raphael Ellison and hit subscribe and hit notifications. If you're on YouTube and you're watching this and you aren't subscribed, then uh, yeah, I mean, subscribe would be pretty good. And get notifications on too, so you can get more cool content like this. Catch you next time.